0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey
1: guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. Please enjoy this classic clip which is available in full at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. A quick warning there is some occasional coarse language, so if you are around sensitive ears or are easily offended, move along to another Steel Wars episode. This is not the podcast you are looking for. Welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars, and we're in Brisbane! So, cool, and I do love, no matter where we go around the world, always for the Star Wars podcast, the nerds take the back seats first. That is, you're sitting in the front, and you've brought a girl. <laughs> what an anomaly. I <laughs> know, no, there's actually, it's quite a, uh, a mixed batch. We, uh, there's a lot of Star Wars fans that have hooked up, which is good. Or your brothers and sisters, so you may as have hooked up as well. Because we are Star Wars fans and we are taught that the occasional tongue of our brother and sister It's fine. Just don't fucking bring it up ever again. So awkward. Is anyone here with their brother or sister? Because I've got a scene I'd like to reenact. this just popped into my head, and I'm not sure whether I should say it or not, but here goes. Did anyone see, there was an article about, J.J. Abrams said that he thought there'd be an openly gay character in a Star Wars film that was like in the news cycle this week. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought, I thought was interesting. Um, partly because the article to me, if you read between the lines, is like bigots about to protest new Star Wars film. But it would be interesting if they did a gay storyline, but then also interweave the classic Star Wars, we're related but we don't know, <laughs> and really push the envelope. <sighs> that is an, quite a playset, that would be. Quite a tops card with the little headline, Brothers in Arms or something. It's the incest everyone has the problem with, just so everyone at home knows. It is the incest. It is the incest. Um, so we're in Brisbane, and for those around the world listening, um, what, 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 what Star Wars planet do you think Brisbane resembles? Tatooine. I'm glad someone else said it before I did. <laughs> It is. Uh, it does. Walking around today, it does have a, a bit of a, a, bit of a Tatooine vibe, a bit of a wretched hive. But um, <laughs> let's bring out our our first guest, a returning guest. He is a comedian and a. He's been described as a Star Wars savant. Uh, welcome, my friend. It's Ash Williams. <laughs>
0: Hello. Good to be here. Now,
1: Ash, let's recap. You were on uh, a previous episode and people were pretty dazzled with your Star Wars knowledge. Yep. For 100 points, what is the name of Han
0: Solo's spaceship? Millennium Falcon. Oh. Keep them coming, mate. Keep them coming. All right,
1: for the audience, and I'll put a beer on this, what did Ash think the name of the spaceship was? Yes. The Morning Emu. There we go.
0: (laughs) I legitimately thought it was called that, but you know, I've watched them all now, and um, look, I've got it covered. I'm part of your group. Are you prepared to pass your brother? I He's mean, out of the group, guys. No, no, I am. I'm, I have no idea what that has to do with Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever. But look, mate. Yeah, mate. Fuck it. I mean, I flew to Brisbane for this, so yeah. Let's. let's is, my, is my brother here? Is he here? Your brother's very handsome. He is. <laughs> and Ash, you're not so bad yourself, buddy. Well, I've got him covered. I've got him covered, but um, he's very handsome. I look at him a lot and think, uh, not bad.
1: <laughs> that must be some Christmas dinner. <laughs> now, Ash, you got. We, we flew here today, and um, we're we're in Brisbane for those at home. Uh, we're doing uh, Steel Wars, and we're doing an I Love Green God letters afterwards. Now backstage, you were getting a bit upset about a trivia question you got hit with
0: in the Virgin magazine. Yeah, I love trivia. And um, I did all the ones in the uh, the local or courier mail for you guys or the Herald Sun, smashed them. And I thought I need more trivia still. So I went to the Virgin magazine and there was a question about Star Wars. And it said, who is the only person to be in The Force Awakens and... The force something else. And I said to you, who was it? No, it was Into Darkness. Into Darkness. Yeah. And I thought Harrison Ford. Because I thought they were both Star Wars movies. But what's... Harrison Ford nailed it as Zulu. <laughs> but you told me backstage that it was, what, Simon Pegg? Simon Pegg, yeah. But, he, but what? He was wearing a mask.
1: Yeah, he was well, the, the guy. What the fuck? You know the guy that that Ray goes to trade parts for food? You know, like quarter portion. You know that big rubberish.
0: I, I am. That's Simon Pegg. They, they didn't need Simon Pegg. You would do that computers. Well, he'll let himself go, obviously. <laughs> but how am I supposed to know it was Simon Pegg for the trivia? I mean, you guys might know, but fuck, if I'm Isn't on the plane... Isn't that the point of trivia? <laughs> Look...
1: Like, oh, what's the capital of Ireland? Or how the fuck am I supposed to know? Dub- like... Dublin. Dublin.
0: Uh... You should know that, mate. <laughs> um, but look, now I'm ready for the Simon Peake questions. So you, you went to see the new film, The Force Awakens. Ooh, yeah. Good ride. We love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, it's a safe crowd. LAUGHTER um, oh... <laughs> Mate, I liked it. I liked it. Han Solo was good. That was a shock. You guys with me? Oh, no no spoilers. I shouldn't do spoilers. <laughs> there that was a shock. I was shocked. I was shocked.
1: Hands up who doesn't want the Force Awakens spoiled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They've seen the film. Why would they else would they be here? I don't know. So I don't know. Hopefully he comes back to life. I never
1: thought I'd say this, but you're beginning to sound like my (laughs) mum. He's dead. He's done. Let it go. So we're going to bring up our next guest. He is a Queensland native. He's currently in production of his documentary, My Saga. Please welcome to the stage, Adam Harris. (laughs) Let's let's talk about the, the My Saga documentary. Something in your life triggered that. Tell us about that.
2: It did. Uh, It was the week my second child was born. And the night before she was born, I suffered a violent headache. And a few days later, my my daughter came home. I went back to hospital. They found a dark spot on my brain. And then a couple of days later, they said, you've got a tumour on your brain. And that sort of, once again, thing that changed my life. I had a beautiful event. And then I had something uh, unfortunate. And from then on in, I decided that I was going to go on a path and become a filmmaker and and that's where it started.
1: Explain what the documentary is about, just for those that haven't watched the preview yet. Okay,
2: so what I wanted to do was explore the bonds between generations of fans. So when uh, Lucasfilm announced that they'd been sold to Disney, the first thing I did was I went and told my son that there's going to be more Star Wars films and how exciting is this? And it made me remember seeing Star Wars with my father. And I thought, wow, that'd be a great thing to document a journey between the father and son and then to discover how everyone else sort of adopts this approach with the new film. So I went on this journey to to listen to stories from people who worked on the films uh, and to the fans and to discover who they were bringing along, what was their first experience and how they were sharing that. And I got to hear a lot of amazing stories when I was in America from a lot of fans uh, about how they were, they were there with their father or grandfather and why it meant so much to them and, and what they took out of Star Wars. And, uh, and yeah, I learned a lot of, about myself as a parent because I took my son with me, my son Jack, Anakin Harris. He's been uh, stamped since birth that I, I put him into a Star Wars fandom. So, But he made the right choice and he loves Star Wars, so that's a good thing.
1: If you were, like, a true nutbag Star Wars fan, you would... You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Get him tattooed with like Hasbro and then like the date he was born, like tattooed
2: on his leg. My wife is harassing me to do that, so it could be on the cards. She's not a Star Wars fan, my wife, but she believes I should have some sort of tattoo She just loves sweet tats. Wow, yeah. Could happen.
1: So you find out you've got this tumour in your head and I guess you're very worried about how long you've got to live. What were you told about that?
2: Well, it it was one of those tough things because they didn't know what it was. They just said there's this tumour thing in your head. Uh, I was at Royal Brisbane for about 12 days and they wrote it off and said, look, it hasn't grown, your blood cell counts are fine, we think it's just benign. Uh, So for the last four or five years, I I go for regular checkup scans, blood tests, all those fun things. So my last scan actually was about six, seven months ago where they decided and I said, look, it hasn't grown, Uh, your blood's are good, everything's good, we're just going to write you off and just monitor if you need it monitored. So... I made the decision that I felt fine, I feel great, I still have the tumour. But yeah, I don't let it affect me. But it is, it's a scary process when you're told something like that. Uh, I remember the first two days I was there and I was told that I couldn't leave and I possibly could never hold my daughter again. And uh, it was quite confronting. And you know, you've got to sit back and reassess your life sometimes and, and make a decision. And I did, and I'm happy I did today. You know, between working, my family, and doing this documentary. It's been one heck of a journey, I wouldn't change it.
1: So, at the moment, the tumour not having any effect? Nothing. Could it be the reason why you've got this stupid theory it's about It's possible.
2: Being... Well, it could be. It could be. It's possible. It is at the back part of my head and it does press up against it, so it pushes all the shit forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd get that so, shit out of yeah. your brain right now, so man. pushing. You might not know it, but that thing is ruining your life. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think like having the tumour and stuff got you more into fandom? Like it made you more passionate about it? or
2: Look, I always loved Star Wars. Uh, the tumour was just the catalyst for me to go in the direction I needed to. It didn't change my love or you know, increase my love for Star Wars. I'd always loved it. It just made me open my eyes a little bit more about what was important to myself and, you know, my family. And I wanted to show them that you could chase a dream and here it is.
1: I honestly, you know, I do these interviews every week and I think that one of the big lessons of the Star Wars movies is that you can chase a dream and you can do more than your life sets you out to be. So what you're saying is maybe that the tumour like motivated you to get out there and, and live yeah. the dream?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it really did. It changed me in that respect. Um, I, otherwise, I probably would have just been sitting at JB Hi-Fi processing DVDs and serving customers. We should point out he
1: does work at I JB work at Hi-Fi. At Hi-Fi. He doesn't just hang out there and uh, yeah. process orders and stuff.
0: Hey, Adam, just quickly, before that uh, diagnosis, did you have plans to make this
2: film? No, absolutely none. Uh, it was all, look, it was always in the back burner that I wanted to do film, but I never sort of took it seriously until that happened and I went, well, life's too bloody short. Do it. And uh, I tell everyone that now. It's like, oh, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Should I be an artist? Should I sketch? Should I do radio? Should I do this? I said, do it. You're going to be kicking yourself later in life if you don't. Uh, but for me, yes, it was something negative that I turned into a positive.
1: And so tell us about some of the, the, the adventures that the, the documentary took you on.
2: Well, my first stop was San Francisco, so I got to go to the Rancho Obi-Wan and interview Steve Sansweet, so that was, that was cool. That's so many cool toys in that place. I really wanted to take some home. Unfortunately, you can't. And, uh, and then I got to uh, meet Charlie Bailey, who was an ILM model maker, and I got to interview him at his house. We sat there for a good three hours, drank his beer, heard about stories about Howard the Duck... That was the hardest film he ever worked on. Um, That was the hardest film I ever watched. (laughs) We sort of said that to him and he said, we understand, but they were pulling 100-hour weeks to make that costume. And I said, well, if the story had got that treatment, it might have been a better film. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But the coolest thing with Charlie was he actually had one of the original moulds that we used on Empire Strikes Back And uh, for the smallest version of the Millennium Falcon, which is uh, the scene where they're attached to the back of the Star Destroyer. Mm -hmm. And Charlie goes, Do you want a resin cast from this mould? And I was, Oh, yes, please. So he made a cast of that mould and then he, he opened up a cupboard and he said, I've got posters here of every film I ever worked on. Do you want some? And I was like, Okay. So I ended up, it was sort of like getting souvenirs from this ILM model maker and there was a photo of him restoring the Ark of the Covenant. Was Steven Spielberg, and uh, he was the chief model maker on ET, so he designed and built that ship. And uh, that, that San Francisco was fantastic. I actually went to Lucasfilm. I got to stand in the foyer. That's as far as I got. And uh,
1: I, I, I've been to that the foyer and the fountain. Yep. And I, I found there's at, at Lucasfilm like it's at the I think it's called the Presidio. It's sort of like a like a a modern office block. Very beautiful. Um, And you can just walk around there and you can look through windows and you can see Star Wars posters and ILM models. and It's it's pretty amazing. But they've got this Yoda fountain with a life-size Yoda with all this water feature. And I have found that
2: shockingly weird. emotional. like it, it really, It's once again, it's one of those things that hits you that you're like, oh, I've come to the place, the Holy Grail sort of thing. And I sat out there for probably an hour next to that fountain and just sort of just went, wow, I can't believe it. I'm actually sitting at Luca's film. People were staring at us because we had camera equipment. We were questioned many times. Um, but, yeah, it's surreal. But standing in the floor even more so, you know, you're sitting there and there's the Lucasfilm logo just sitting there. And, you know, that's as far as you can go. Even though my son tried to bolt through the security door, which was really funny, that at least the guard had a sense of humour. Her offside, they didn't, because he actually went for his gun. Um, so that was, that was entertaining that day. But we ended up going back there the second day. And we it get, is
1: always entertaining when your well, son almost gets shot. Shot, yeah.
2: Oh, it's, you know, it's like we didn't actually have a camera in the foyer. We weren't allowed. So we got to take still photos. But we went back there the second day and we interviewed another ILM model maker, Steve Gawley. He was one of the original 12. And uh, thank God for my camera operators because we had security come down straight away and um, they tried to get us off the property. But we delayed the security for half an hour so we got to get our interview.
1: Sweet. One of my bizarre favourite things of going to Lucasfilm is stealing their Wi-Fi. That is like Lucasfilm Wi-Fi and it comes up with this little Lucasfilm agreement and I really... Just the thought that I was sharing the same (laughs) Wi-Fi that George Lucas never used because he seems totally disconnected from the internet, but...
0: Was it fast still? It was quick. (laughs) It was fast. Did you screenshot the agreement on your phone? I did. Yeah, I knew it.